Well, good evening. Glad that you are back and uh, ready to study a little bit. <coughs> Don't think I need to announce the uh, reunion coming next weekend, but uh, looking forward. Okay, there we go. Now I know why they're waving at me back there. Kids can be dismissed. Takes me a little while to pick up on that. If you have kids that want to participate in the children's activities during the sermon, you can send them or take them right now. Go ahead and get that while we're waiting for the kids to leave. All right, let's... Get back to our study on EO. Oh, I was talking about the reunion. It's uh, getting closer, and I think it's uh, seeming better and better. I heard singers practicing some today, and I know you don't want to miss that. And I've been working on the Sunday morning program a little bit, and I know you don't want to miss that. Uh, Craig's got the tour of the old building set up. I think that's going to be great for anybody that was there or remembers that. Saturday afternoon is going to be full of all kinds of good things. A great weekend coming up, so plan to catch as much of it as you can. All right, we have been on evil for two weeks. It's going to be good to get back to something good here in a couple of weeks. Uh, But we need to cover this. We're talking about things that people wonder about the Bible, and this is not just about the Bible. This is about life on earth. And one of the big questions that people have, uh, why is there evil? Where did it come from? Who created it? Why does it exist? Why can't we get rid of it? Why does God allow it? Why does this happen to me? Uh, On and on and on. Get tons of questions about the effects of evil and our world. So what we did, we broke it down into... Three pieces, basically. Uh, what is it? Where did it come from? And tonight we're going to talk about, well, isn't there some option that God could have come up with? Uh, I know we've gone into more detail than you perhaps need, but since we're preparing ourselves to answer people, you've got to have a little bit of background instead of just a standard uh, pat answer. Uh, when people want to know what evil is, it's the absence of good. Been a week working on that. Uh, God, uh, it's when good doesn't happen, somebody chooses not to do good, then evil happens. And it occurred to me this week, I was thinking about it, uh, the more, I don't even know how to say this in proper grammar, but the further you get away from good, or the more good you get away from, the more evil there is. You know, uh, if you think of somebody that does something evil, and you think, well, here's a principle of God that maybe it's one of the Ten Commandments, or maybe it's just something else. You say, well, if he'd have done that, it wouldn't be evil. Well, and you've got some people in the world that get away from all Ten Commandments. I mean, they just they they leave God completely out. Uh, no principles that he established, and the, the more that you get away from those principles, the more evil there is. And you think about some of the folks we see in the news today that just are beyond our comprehension how anybody could be that evil. And you realize that they've just gotten completely away from all the moral principles uh, that make for good. 
And then the second thing we talked about was where did it come from? And the answer is God didn't create evil. Uh, he did allow for the possibility of evil when he gave us that feature of free will. We talked about that last week. When he gave us free will, which was necessary to have a loving relationship with us, uh, when he did that, he did allow for the possibility of evil. But he didn't create evil. All right. Uh, tonight, one little thing to finish up about the purpose of evil. I think that's where we quit on the second page of your handout. What's the purpose of evil? Uh, this is another one where the skeptics, I call them kind of generality, uh, atheists, others that question Christianity or attack it, uh, this is one place they attack. And the reasoning goes like, well, there's no good reason for suffering. Uh, there's no reason that anybody should have to suffer. And an all-good God, if he allows it, he must have a purpose for it. Well, since there's no purpose for it, there must not be an all-good God. And you can kind of reason circularly like that uh, and think through it. But there's, once again, a problem in that syllogism. Uh, when we say there's no good purpose for suffering, uh, the first problem with that is that we may not know the purpose, but that doesn't mean there is not a purpose. There's a big difference between our knowing the purpose for something and God having a purpose for it. Now you break that down to plain everyday parenting, and you can understand it. As a kid sometimes, sees absolutely no reason for this evil that's being perpetrated on him. Okay? And the parent knows <laughs> this is serving a purpose. Uh, I want you to grow up to be a decent citizen, and you're going to have to suffer a little bit here uh, for that to be possible. So just because we don't know it doesn't mean God doesn't have a purpose for it. Now, that doesn't mean there's a good purpose for all evil, but it debunks the, the problem with the, the, the logic. Secondly, we do know that there is, uh, we do know some purposes for some evil. Not all of it. I can't, you give me an evil act and I can't say, well, I know why that happened because I don't. I, I see no reason myself. I see no purpose. And like I said, the last two times, we all ask in those situations, why does God allow this? We have a faith crisis sometimes. Uh, but there are some evil things that we know we can see a purpose in. Uh, first one I put down is that some evil uh, keeps us, warns us, keeps us away from a greater evil. Okay? If I ask you, is it a bad thing for a little kid to burn their hand on the stove? Yeah, it's horrible. We feel really bad. But... That's going to protect that child later. It's going to present, prevent worse things, perhaps. Okay? So, so we can see that in some things, that uh, this will prevent us from getting into more trouble. Uh, I mentioned lepers there on the handout. Lepers often don't have fingers and toes and things like that, and part of it's the disease, but the main part of it is uh, their nerves go away. Where they can't feel pain. And so they burn a hand or cut a finger or something. They don't know. 
They're not warned about it. Okay, So pain sounds like an evil thing, but you take pain away and things get worse. Uh, second one down there after that one is that some evil brings about a greater good. Okay. Uh, we find that in the Bible. Probably the best example is the story of Joseph. Uh, did any bad things happen to poor old Joseph? He had a hard old time now, and he didn't do anything to deserve it. Oh, he was, you know, kind of the brat of the brothers and I can see where they kind of, he got on their nerves, but he didn't deserve to be sold into slavery. They were going to kill him. Uh, they get sold into slavery. He did a good job. He got in trouble for that. He got in prison. Made a friend that he thought could get him out. That friend forgot him. Uh, I mean, go on and on. It's just one tragedy after another. Well, we look at that and say, this poor boy did everything right. Yeah, he just kept serving God, and bad things kept happening. And until the end of the story, we might not get it. But at the end of the story, his brothers show up, the ones that sold him. And what did Joseph say to them? Genesis 50, verse 50, verse 20. He said, what you did to me, you meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. <laughs> He probably didn't see the purpose there all through that. Uh, His brothers didn't see the purpose. Pharaoh didn't see the purpose. None of us knew it until the whole thing played out and Joseph recognized that, yeah, you were trying to hurt me. You were trying to do evil. But God had a purpose. He had a plan here. This was all necessary. And in the grand scheme of saving the whole civilization of Israel, his problems were light and momentary, as Paul would say. Okay, then the last one I put down under purposes here is that some evil actually helps defeat other evil, helps prevent it. Uh, Some of you may have seen movies or TV specials and things called Scared Straight, where they take young kids into a prison. And show them the prisoners. And the prisoners talk to them and try to scare them straight. Okay? Are those prisoners suffering? Have they caused suffering? Is there a whole lot of evil in that place? Yeah. So you, you look at this prison and you say, there's nothing good coming out of this. Well, if that story, if seeing that, if watching what happens when you break the law can keep one kid from going that direction, there's a good purpose. And, of course, the ultimate picture is, can anybody think of anything more evil than what happened on the cross? No, that's the ultimate. Because Jesus was the ultimate innocent. And he was ultimately forsaken by the Heavenly Father. You, you can't get any more evil than that. Okay? But is there a purpose in that? Was it necessary? Did God see that purpose? He, yeah, he saw that was the only way. Okay? So to argue that there's no good purpose for evil or for suffering 
uh, falls under its own weight, there often is a purpose for evil. Okay, last thing. And this almost sounds like blasphemy to say it, uh, but the basic principle is, uh, why couldn't God have done a better job? Why couldn't he have made a world? I mean, he's God. Why couldn't he have made a world without evil? By the way, there's a typo there where it says, why couldn't make a world without evil? God's supposed to be in there, which is a little bit humorous that I left God out of a sermon that's about people trying to leave God out, but should have been in there. Why, <laughs> why couldn't God make a world without evil? Uh, well, that's the basic question. It sounds kind of blasphemous. Why couldn't he have done a better job? What's wrong with this design? He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He knows everything. Why didn't he work this out better? And people have come up with lots of ideas or options that they think might be a better way. Uh, asking that question, why God didn't do better, reminded me. Anybody see in the paper? I think it was in the paper today about the Silicon Valley uh, billionaire that's going to solve the problem of death. See that? You guys don't read the paper? Or just don't hold your hand up? Huh. Okay. Maybe it was on Drudge. I think it was on Drudge. Well, everybody ought to read Drudge. So, anyhow, that's where it was. A guy named Teal, Silicon Valley billionaire, and got billions and billions, and has decided that he's going to solve the problem of death. He's decided that humans have put up with that too long, and he's going to solve it. <laughs> it's kind of a funny story, actually, if you read it, but. He reasoned it out that there's no reason we ought to have to put up with this. Surely technology and all the modern things that we have, he can figure this out and solve the problem of death. I'll meet you at his funeral in a few years. It's the way God designed it. That's the way we chose to have it happen, actually. Uh, So, no, he's not going to solve it. Uh, All right. Why didn't God design a world where there wasn't evil? Here's the things that people have come up with. And if these are things that if you say them real fast and don't think about them, they sound pretty good. Uh, a lot of young people, those college professors we talked about, drop these on people. And you say, well, well, that sounds all right. Until you think about it a little bit. First one. Uh, actually, the very first one is, I didn't put it on your paper. Uh, the very first one is God could have not created anything. And the philosophy, philosopher's argument is that if he had to create a world with evil, or create a world like we've argued through, ends up having evil, then it would have been better not to have created anything. Yeah. Now, the problem with that uh, is that you can't make that argument. Because to say it would have been morally better to make... To not make a moral world, uh, then nothing is better than something with some evil, and that would have been better morally. You can't argue that nothing is better morally, because it is nothing. 
So that one just blows up right off the bat. Uh, and not many people argue that, but they do come up with the rest of these that I've mentioned here. Uh, one, why couldn't God just make folks so they wouldn't sin, so they wouldn't do evil, change their personality? Well, some of this will sound a little redundant because we've kind of been through it the last couple of weeks, but people still ask these questions. Why couldn't he make us where we didn't sin? Well, it comes back to that feature that he had to put in us that we spent all last week talking about. He could take that feature away. He could have give, not given us free will. Okay? He could have taken away from us the ability to choose right or wrong, and what would we be then? We'd be the robots, we'd be the computer, we'd be the programmed thing that just did what God programmed us to do or made us to do, and what would that eliminate? Any meaningful relationship. Okay. So, yes, possible God could have made us that way, but would have destroyed the whole plan of what he wanted. All right, second... Some people say, well, why couldn't he just intervene? You know, and we dream this one up, especially when something really bad happens. Okay? Uh, why couldn't God just intervene, like on September 11th? Uh, he only had four pilots to deal with. Uh, why couldn't he have just stopped all four of those guys? Okay? Well... If you want him to intervene in evil, then where do you tell him to stop? Okay, If you're going to stop a terrorist flying a plane, what about the drunk driver that's just about ready to run the stop sign and kill a family of four? Okay. Is 3,000 enough worse than four that we stop that? Okay. you got to decide where that... Lion goes and say, well, let's just stop all of it. We, we still got the choice to choose, but let's just stop people. God can stop people before they do something that's, you know, kind of really bad. Well, I put all sorts of examples here on your handout for you. Uh, where does he do that? And you find yourself saying, boy, I couldn't decide that one. That would be really tough. Where does he stop an alcoholic father or drug addict father uh, from beating his wife and children? We say, well, of course he ought to stop that. Well, does he stop him before the first bad thing he says to them? Or does he stop him before he takes that first drink? Or does he stop? You, just, you can't go back far enough. You can't say, oh, that's, that's where he ought to intervene. If we're going to live in a free world that has free choice that results in a meaningful relationship among people and between us and God. And beyond that, deciding where to stop on other people, that's the easy part. And you might be able to draw the line there, but then when it gets to you, whoa, then it gets harder to draw that line. Do you want him to stop you from doing any kind of evil? Well, I don't know about that. 
See, that gets kind of hard. And eventually you get back to the robot computer thing if you keep working on this. Uh, another example I put down there, I think, make a pretty good argument. Uh, sexual affairs are bad. They destroy families. Everybody would agree, right? Okay, so let's just have God stop sexual affairs. Where does he stop them? Uh, Think about where they start. They start with an attraction that may not be sexual. In fact, they start with just friendliness, just saying hi. So you want him to stop that? I mean, the, 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 the spectrum here of how things grow into sin and become sin and all that, we've got to understand that. And for God to stop it before we're, we think it gets bad, isn't really where it gets bad. Jesus tried to explain that. It's the heart. So you want him to get in there and stop all that? Well, there goes free will and everything else. Um, impossible to make that division and the impossible to know, to know where to stop. So, nope, that doesn't work too well either. Uh, some people come up, well, why don't, why doesn't, number three there, when somebody does something, God just judge them right then and take care of them. You know, remove them if he has to. Punish them immediately, immediate punishment. Well, that sounds like a pretty good idea. Unless you read the one above. <laughs> Where do you stop on this? Where do you do the judging? Where do you do the removing? And if you actually do that, it won't take long and there's nobody left. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to have him take care of people that sin, anybody in here feel pretty safe going home with those conditions? Make me nervous. You know, so so got problems there. We all sin. We're all sinners. What the blood of Jesus is all about. Uh, yeah, I know some people are worse than others, but all evil is bad. So where do we draw that line? We can't draw the line. We can't have him doing that, or the world wouldn't exist. Okay, now. All of those sound a little bit the same, and all of them kind of go around in the same circles. That's because we're messing with how God designed things. We live in a real world. Okay? It's not a perfect world because we chose wrong. He created a perfect world. Everything he made, he said, that's good. But he gave us that feature that all of these arguments come back to that feature. You got to remember that. Take good free will away, and everything's solved, but also everything's ruined. Yeah. Free will's where the problem comes from. So God made a perfect world. He gave us that feature so that we could choose to love Him and serve Him. Adam and Eve chose not to. Satan chose not to. Everybody since then has chosen not to, except Jesus. So we're in this world. It's not what we were created for. Eventually, we're going to be out of this mess. But while we're in it, there are purposes for things that we don't know. 
while we're in it, we make real choices. Everything we do affects other people. One of the purposes of us being here is for us to be salt and light. And I want you to go back through the, the Bible story and see how God did things. You start to see that. Okay, you guys chose, Adam and Eve, you chose not to live in a perfect world anymore. You chose to die. You chose to have to work. You chose to have all these other problems, etc. So, I will prepare a way to take care of your sins. But in the meantime... He did a lot of things to make this evil world a better place. Take out of this evil world the influence. uh, Let's just take out the influence of the Old Testament. Well, just take out the influence of the Ten Commandments. How would this world be? So even non-believers follow those because... They're in our heart and they're in our traditions and they're in our laws. People wrote them into law and all that. So they help control evil in this world. If you took all the influence of God just in the Ten Commandments out, this would be a lot worse place. If you took out the influence of salt and light, what Christians are supposed to be, things are a whole lot worse. Just go back through the past... 20 centuries and take out the effect of Christianity and see what this world looks like. Okay. Slavery, condition of women, on and on and on. You look at what Christianity has done for this world. So even though we live in a real world which has evil in it, Part of God's purpose is for his people to be in it and to lessen the impact of evil. It would be much worse without his influence and our influence and even the influence of non-believers who follow the principles of God, who act godly in some ways. Okay, so that's where we are. That's what we live in. Now, what do we do about that? Well, we're still going to have those crises of faith. We know all this now. We get it in our head. But there's still going to be bad things happen to people in this room, like we talked about the first week. And we're going to say, why? Why God let that happen? Why is this happening to me? Why didn't he stop that? Why doesn't he control it? I mean, all these questions are going to come back to us. And hopefully, when you hear those questions, you're going to say, Yeah, we thought through this logically, but this is different. And it will be different because it's happening to you for real, real life. A couple of things that God says about that, that obviously faith is our answer. It goes back to our free from fear series. We came up to the same answer for all of them was faith. Um, Jesus said, John chapter 16, verse 33, I put down at the bottom of your page. I've told you these things so that in you, in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. There Jesus admits it. We're in this real world. Not what I designed, but it's what you guys chose, and I'm getting you through it the best I can. 
to get you to that eternal place where everything will be perfect. But you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. This world is not your home. Yeah, you're going to have trouble, but you're getting out eventually. Okay, and then the second thing we rely on, or same thing, is Revelation 21, 4. Uh, we look forward to our home in heaven when all evil, when the ultimate evil, that uh, the last evil that will be destroyed is death, and it's going to be destroyed, and all the mourning, and all the crying, and all the pain, and everything caused by evil in this world. We will come to that home sometime. And back to our series about future home, uh, it looks better and better all the time. Because this world just keeps getting more and more evil. All right. I don't know what our next uh, series we're going to tackle is after the reunion and all of that, but I guarantee you it'll be on something good. We'll, we'll get off this evil stuff for a while. All right. Thanks for your attention as we waded through some of this heavy stuff. If you're here tonight and need to respond to the Lord in any way, have uh, some. This family needs to hear. We'd be happy to receive you. I'll be here at the front. If you need to come, come.